guys. Welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another great day for an interview. I've got Chelsea Palermo with me. Chelsea is a woman who is using writing as a form of healing and teaches others to bring out the best in them by dealing with some of the things that were running in their in their mind, in, in those levels of the brain where people don't typically use words, that, that deep darkness of the reptilian brain where everything washes over you in a sea of emotions and which run 80% of our lives. So by using writing, Chelsea has developed a system where she can help people out there to actually come out of this morass of, of, of weird emotions, actually start putting things into words and suddenly therefore be able to address one thing after the other. So Chelsea, thank you so much for coming onto my show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here with you. Oh, uh, Chelsea, your, your writing career started a little while ago, didn't it? When did you start writing? Yes, um, I began writing when I was nine years old. Uh, I was gifted a yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. So you were one of these people who were uh, naturally drawn to to writing, and 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 what kind of writing did you do? So I was gifted a journal uh, for Christmas, and thus began my adventure of journaling um, uh. in the lofty age and grade of uh, nine and. Fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I've been writing quite a bit, and I've actually got sort of uh, to-do lists slash journals slash diaries slash things, and sort of they, they I mean, while spending quite a bit on a bookshelf there, it's actually quite amazing. And uh, part of me dreads to go back to the early years, um, sort of six years ago or so, when I was sort of fresh in recovery. My goodness, there would have been interesting things written in there. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you when you were nine, you you probably wrote different things, and you probably were not thinking about addressing demons of the past. Um, maybe you were addressing demons. Maybe you were uh, writing Stephen King. Are you? Are <laughs> you? <laughs> have you written in genres uh, as well? <laughs> have I, what I did? Have, have I you written? written in genres? Um, have uh, you been? Uh, is there a particular? Uh, writing that that came naturally to you, like a romance sure. writer, poetry yeah. or these kind of things. Yeah, so I spent a good bulk, uh, five years or so in the space of journal writing, right? So just having a space to go to and I can still recall, just call right up that first moment I sat with the pencil. It was a pencil, it was in fourth grade. I don't think we used pens yet. To the page and the sound of the graphite. So I remember that kind of quiet, space that was just my own where everything was peaceful which really didn't happen a lot in my home so it was this very sacred space for me um which i can still access to this day and have a lot of reverence for so i started with that and i will tell you that um through fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth grade that's what i was doing and i would actually get on my bike and there was a trail near my house and i would put my journal in a little bag and ride along the trees and the line trail find a spot hop off write for 20 minutes journaling, could breathe better, 
get back on my bike and go back into my home. So this is what I was doing for years once I got permission to ride my bike off the, the street, right? Um, so I carry this with me, but actually it was eighth grade was the first time language shifted to poetry. And it was actually a poem we were asked to write for graduation. So it was my, and I recall this too, sitting outside my steps, writing the most cliche poem you could ever come across, right? For an eighth grader about this transition to high school and uncharted seas. And, but even that image of, of sitting there with the moon and writing, it was is very poetic and cliche, but that was, <laughs> that was it. And it was this wonderful. wonderful cryptic language, right? I had also had, for me, um, for a lot of my writing life, I found writers to be very mysterious and didn't realize I was one of them. I thought they were wizards. <laughs> yeah. And I had a book of poems also gifted to me, maybe in seventh grade for Christmas of, I think it's like the Treasury of American Poems, but I, it was almost as sac like more sacred to me, but I don't know if anybody, than let's say the Bible, because it was on my bookshelf, but I just, every time I took it off the shelf and opened it, it was this mystery to me. And I thought, who were these, who were these magical people? So it was kind of like a quiet, sacred thing. But then poetry entered. Um, and I kept with that for many years in high school. So in high school is a time where, at least for me, things got a little more intense, right? As life progresses, the more living you live, things progress and get a bit more challenging, right? So, um, and that was a different kind of energy, the poetry, than journaling. So you'll find with genres, to answer a question, if you move in between them, they all are a different container. They all function in a different way. And if you're able to move through them and permit yourself, you can use that as a way to access different things that you're trying to heal or confront in your life. So poems were much more pinpointed. They were very emotionally um, compact. And it was a way to get that out. And there were a lot of metaphor, right? So we actually, our brains capture our trauma in metaphor. And you can pull that out of your body onto the page. So poems happened for a long time. Um, I was also trying to write songs. I wanted to be a musician, not a poet. And well, that didn't happen. So I was trying to write songs and it was just poem after poem. And I'm like, what? What's with the poems? Um, and then I shifted to nonfiction, you know, your, your creative nonfiction essay, which is really writing your life, the truth of your life, using the elements of creative writing, but your truth telling. Um, that actually shifted for me in college. My mother was in the hospital and had a massive heart attack. I was in a creative nonfiction class and I wrote through it. So I have historically written through everything in my life. Also too, to back up, um, I also, just thinking about it now, prior to that, um, I was pregnant at 18 and to navigate this, I wrote through it. So that was a mix of journaling and poems and through that whole process. So for me, things shifted depending on what was going on. So, um, and then when I was older, the creative nonfiction, writing through my mother being in the hospital, that kind of static space of not knowing what was gonna happen and writing through the process. Um, I've also done playwriting, which is a phenomenal tool. We can talk about that. Um, Fiction writing is a great way of stepping into characters to explore themes in your life, okay? So there's all these different ways we can step into writing to access 
what we're going through. Um, and I recommend that too. Um, and that's kind of part of what I teach is merging, merging your life and the contents of your life and the contents of your true self and your trauma and what you need to heal with the craft of writing. Okay. Without having to go off and get an MFA, just use some tools. And how does that function with the way that our mind works when we come to story? We're natural storytellers, right? And one of the great cues to knowing that you have so much healing to do is when you cannot articulate your story or share it with another, or even have your timeline in your head, right? You're laughing. Uh, no, no, right? I, I very much recognize that. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Yeah, so, so there's a part of that too, is if you've gone through tremendous trauma, you may not be able to access the timeline of the story. Mm. And if you're actively, if you're listening right now, moving through trauma and something happened to you, go to the page and just write out your first person account of what happened to you mm. and let yourself transmit it through your body onto the page. And if you have to write it again, write it again. And if you have to write it again in six months, Write it again in six months. Because this is something I've also found too is, uh, I think I'm going off the topic here of the mm. genre but, and what I teach people, mm. but is that um, when we have traumas, right? Much like when we're triggered with something and it comes up and it comes up and it comes up, you can give way in your writing to write it and write it and write it. And you keep writing it until the emotional charge has been neutralized. Mm. Until you can add another perspective to it and widen your lens, right? So this is something I teach and recommend too, is, is, it, is it frustrating that you keep having the same memory come up and come up and come up? Yes, it is. But also, and this is a part of the writing practice too, is the sort of trust and the stance between what's going on here, what's going on here, what's going on in your body and your nervous system and what's going on, whatever you wanna call it, your soul or this higher thing, whether you believe it or not, you know, or want to call it mystery, all these things coming together and kind of acknowledging if this is coming up for me right now, I have to trust that it's coming up for a reason, even if I don't like it. And what am I going to do about it? Am I going to let it keep coming up or am I going to take a look at it? Mm. So this is a part of, and you can do that through craft. You can do that through genre, right? And then another step of what I try to incorporate as much as possible are the studies on how writing heals. You know, I have known that writing is healing because I've written since I was nine years old. So, I mean, I don't know if I should share this or not, but my first journal entry was, I went to Sears and bought my first training bra. I mean, how embarrassing is that? <laughs> and I hated it. And it was awful. Did I write that in a journal? I was like, today we went to Sears. Like, <laughs> if I were to show you right now, Chelsea Plummer was the first thing you ever wrote in your journal. Excellent. Excellent. So embarrassed. <laughs> no, not embarrassed. That is that was that was all in your mind. That was what you were dealing with. It was yeah. it was it was a big thing for you then. So it's not embarrassing at all. No, that's fine. Right. I remember when I had my first bra. I mean, it is, it is, it is a big step for a man, uh, uh, for anyone. I mean, um. it was though. You're in this space, and it, it actually is like your first step, and I guess whatever you want to call it. I don't know. You're too far into it, but it's a little jar for me. It was jarring. It's like, why are we doing this? This is awful. I want to part. So, did my journal entry say that? No, because I was in fourth grade, and I was writing. You know. It was cleaned up, 
But once you hit to a certain point where you really realize, I need to write what I need to write, the levy breaks. And really, in a way, if the levy's going to break and you're going to let it break, hmm. have a container. Uh, Writing is a container, right? Have a safe space and a place to kind of explore. So, yes, many genres. <laughs> and and that's so important. I mean, and I guess that's the point. There is so many different forms of writing, from from the therapeutic kind of writing when you truly. Uh, take time out and actually look at a problem or take inventory. So in, in rehabilitation, if you go through the 12 steps of AA, then step four is basically doing a, a deep and thorough inventory of your life. And that's where you write down huge amounts of, of lists and, and things. Because uh, funnily enough, typically a lot of stuff has happened in your life a lot of little things have happened that however had a huge impact it might be as, as simple as someone having having had a, a, a sideways look at you and a derogatory kind of that kind of quick look but it really you saw it and it hurt you deep deep down because you thought you can trust that person etc so uh, whilst that was a look you would think of crying out loud yet it had such an impact uh, but it could be equally something really big, which equally has an impact. Whatever it is, you want to you want to write it down and actually be able to deal with it. And we never do that. We never take time out nowadays. We don't do an inventory. We don't do the meditation. We don't. Many of us just just live, and it's just rolling with the punches every single day. And then you numb yourself at night because you can't deal with the with the with your life, and the moment you start writing things down, suddenly you're actually focusing on something and you give yourself permission to step back and focus on yourself. Something again, that many of us need to relearn. We were, we were the perfect little selfish beings when we were little children then we became a bit more service orientated, sort of in middle school, and then we became teenagers, and then again, now talk about selfish. Um, and mm -hmm. then thereafter, we lose that self-focus, and we suddenly become everything to everyone. Uh, everyone else comes first, and then we are completely burned out, and 20 years have gone, and you think, who am I? Because you never actually step back. So all that is happening in our lives. And by starting to write, suddenly you're actually giving yourself permission to come off the rat race, come off the, the, the hamster wheel, and actually just stand aside and say, hmm, where are we? And I guess my, what the, my question with the chorus, uh, the, the typical things, I mean, there's horror writing and romance and, and factual writing, all these kind of things, each of them can serve a, a, a very, as a powerful tool. If you, I mean, for a while ago, I wrote my first historic novel um, for Kaiser and Reich. And in there, I've got a young man who is, who is just, wanting to be part of this movement of German nationalism and going, becoming a soldier in 1914. It was all pretty. And then he ended up in the trenches and 
It wasn't so pretty. So, but it was, it was by me putting myself into him, I also put myself also back into me being around about 18, 19, 20, my, my hopes, my visions, my how life threw me around, things like that. So you actually, by writing fiction, you can very much deal with the topics that were actually meaningful to you. Uh, so it is, it doesn't matter necessarily what you are writing and what you get drawn to. Uh, all of the styles of writing can be very powerful and can serve their, their goal of letting you heal, of verbalizing things. So that was where I was coming from. But I mean, you are nowadays, you're teaching, teaching people the writing as a tool of healing. What kind of people come to you? And how do you go about the journey that, that a client who is coming to you, what, what do you do with them when they arrive? Right. So people, people are kind of entering into this practice from many different spaces in their life. And some of them are people who have written before, but have never engaged in writing as a way to heal. They're writing to create art. So this is, for me, a very different kind of way of, or intention for their writing, right? There's a difference between writing to heal and writing for art. And I say, you can get to art. Absolutely, it can be transformed into an art that you can share with the world and be proud of. But at the onset, set the intention for healing. Mm. And so that that's a shift for writers. I think we inherently know as writing, right? That it can heal. Though some people kind of buck against that. Some writers are like, no, it's not. But many of us feel, yes, inherently it's healing, okay? Good. And then there are other people who come and have never written before, not a word in their life. People who are afraid of writing, right? Because we're taught to be afraid of writing, right? We have all these academic ideas of what it should be or if it's good, all this <laughs> And I always say, no, 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 none of that. Clear it out. This is not about writing well. This is about writing wellness. So yeah. all along nice. here, right? Nice. And if you want to be, you know, learn the craft and really hone it, I could teach you that too, right? That's fine. But right now, we're going to start exactly where you are. So one of the biggest steps is getting people to be to not be afraid of writing anymore, right? And I think we know too. If I put this on the page, I have to step into what's mine. So that can be a frightening thing. Or we're told not to tell stories. We're told not to share this information with people. So a lot of people that come to me have a lot of fear around um, speaking or writing what their truths may be. Um, so I, be, I eradicate that. Um, and what I find too is when I'm working with people, they may think that it's one thing, right? Kind of like what you're saying, we have many, might have a lot of small things that we think are insignificant. The people I'm working with, you may think it's this one thing. And then as we uncover the writing, we find it's not one thing. It's multiple traumas. We, as what you were just saying, how we carry on with our lives, right? And as we get older, our responsibilities get wider and larger. And we don't pause to take time for our ourselves. And we get to that space of saying, well, what is this? What is our lives? What has happened here? Um, that accumulates for all of us and it compacts in our body. So almost in a way where we start overlooking what our larger traumas are. Most of us are walking around, whether we can acknowledge it or not, with multiple traumas, right? And if you're, you know, and I wanna say, you know, 
this needs to be acknowledged. I don't think we talk about this enough, you know, how we're moving through trauma. And most of us don't know how to move through trauma. And if we're not addressing and dealing with our trauma and acknowledging it in a conscious way, it will come for us in one way or another. It's a terrible thing to say. It will find us. Um, and I tell people this too, the body wants to move towards healing and it will move towards healing in any way possible. And if something's coming up, it's coming up for a reason, whether, um, whether it's depression, right? Whether it's anxiety, whether it's a heart attack, whether it's rage, right? Whether it's any numerous things, if somatic experiences, this is our trauma in our body trying to say, please look at me. Let's address this. And the longer we go not addressing it, the harder, not harder to write, but the more important it is for us to sit down and kind of flush these channels through our body. So I work with people, various ranges of uh, traumas and experiences. Um, most recently, I'm just going to turn this off. I'm sorry. Most recently, um, I taught at a retreat and it was a treat for people who have found out uh, that their parents are not their parents, or at least one parent is not their parent. And um, many of them found out through ancestry.com. Mm. And there's a huge, you know, this is a huge trauma that's not spoke, spoken about. And it's a growing phenomenon that's happening. Is yeah, that sure. more and more people do DNA testing, more and more people are going out there to try to look into their ancestry. And yeah. bloody hell, there is uh, the the surprises that you find are yeah. are virtually in every every family tree. There are some things in there that no one ever spoke about, uh, and then suddenly there it is in black and white. Yep. And no doubt this will get far more common out there with the uh, with the fact that DNA. Um, assessments and, and, and checks are so much more prevalent. You can go to Ancestry, MyHeritage, all these kind of, of, uh, of places where with a simple bit of spit, uh, suddenly you dig up family secrets uh, that were hidden for a long, 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 long time. In my, in my own family, there was always the, the rumor that my grandmother had an affair with an English um, English soldier. Of course, it was an officer. Um, so you get this kind of officer and gentleman uh, thing in your head. And I always thought, what a rubbish. Um, because in 1944, when that affair would have happened in Mannheim, in Germany, there were no English officers. They didn't get there until much later. So I thought, nah, that's heap of baloney. Fast forward uh, a few years ago, my wife gave me a DNA test for, for her birthday and I did it. And I came back as 30% uh, Great Britain. And I, I, there, was, there is nothing Great Britain about me. I'm German through and through, I thought. Um, and here you go, surprise. They meanwhile fine-tuned it. And I'm, I've, I'm, I'm pleased to say that with every fine-tuning of the Ancestry DNA kit, um, they uh, I, I drop in English. So that's that's good. I like that. I like that. I, that I'm so not English either. <laughs> but here you go. There was certainly this thing there. Now, for me, this was more intrigue. And oh my goodness, was he a downed airman? And was my, my grandmother actually a, uh, a, a war hero by smuggling 
uh, damned airmen or, or other, other refugees out of Germany. Because mm -hmm. that was probably one of the few possibilities that 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 mixing of DNA could have actually occurred. So cool stuff, but of course the way you've described it to the trauma of suddenly finding out that your mom is not your mom, your dad is not your dad. Wow, right. I can see that, I can see that. So right. you, were, you were invited to, to come onto that workshop and uh, did you teach, I assume you taught the writing there as part of the healing? Sure. Yes. So, and, and part of that too, just to speak towards your experience, right, is, you know, how do we integrate this new information, right? And what is the truth and what is the myth making? What are the myths we've been told versus what is true? And then really renegotiating identity, mm. right? So, which, you know, whether you have this specific trauma or not, you know, I, I think often we fail to negotiate our identity. Who are we? Mm. So these are um, ways in which we can put pen to page. But yeah, we did... Um, you know, a workshop there, a uh, multi-part multi workshop, which is um, a terrific poem I'll just um, give you the title of. Um, so sometimes I just start with a poem, right? Um, specific poems, right, to bring things up. So there's a poem by Audrey and Rich called Diving Into the Wreck. Uh, it's a phenomenal poem. I, if you want me to Google it and read it to you, I will. Uh, do you want to hear it? <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Diving the Wreck. Well, that sounds... <laughs> That sounds very much like dealing into my past. <laughs> so exactly. So this this title alone, right? Mm. I can say to you, here's your prompt, mm. diving into the wreck. And for each of us, when I say that to you, even, even without hearing the poem or having it in front of you, right? If I were to say to you, I want you to write on diving into the wreck, your wreck. And then something would come up for you, right? And if there were, we were in a room together with 10 other people, 10 different things would come up for each of us. And so it's kind of, you know, we're ready for it when we're asked. Does that make sense? Our subconscious knows what we need to process. So when I present something to someone, stuff just automatically comes up. And that's what you need to do is sit and say, okay, let me put this on the page and see what happens. And it's a very emotional experience, right? When you do this, right? Even the simple question of what is the story you have to tell, right? So a lot of this, you know, there is, a, I sometimes feel like there's such simplicity in what I'm doing. I'm really just facilitating to get you to do it, right? I mean, there's, there are things that are more complicated, right? Where I'm bringing different techniques in, but I, I'm just here to say to you, just to give you the right words to begin, to give you the right lens to look at and just kind of guide you and sit with you as we're moving through this. And then when you write and present me what you write, what's happening for me the more I teach this is this uncanny thing where you, you could write this and then you could read it to me and then I could just know where you're not saying what you need to say. What you're just describing there is exactly what a psychologist does, exactly what a life coach does, a counselor, a, uh, uh, people who are training themselves or have been trained to help others. And that's exactly the techniques, but you are, you're a catalyst. You're basically a, a, you know which button to press, uh, 
to bring out what needs to be brought out into the daylight. When right. we are when we are in in trauma, when we're in turmoil, when we're in stress and in distress, we don't know. We it's all such a fog of war, such a, you don't know what's going on. And by right. you actually asking the right questions or giving the name of the poem in this in this case, the moment you said it, diving into the wreck, I immediately bing 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 bing. My brain came out with things, and it was amazing to to see how such a simple force word sentence uh, can actually trigger things like that. And that's right. that's where this this powerful uh, use of words comes in. Uh, it's 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 a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful journey that you allow people to do. And there's there's this magic too, just kind of like an homage to poetry and poets, you know, without geeking out too much, is you know, we have to understand that this poet came to this poem and writing it through this process, right? This is her putting her experience of living onto the page, all the things that are within her. And now we have this kind of transfer, right? It's like poetry is the gift that keeps on giving, right? Like mm. here's through her taking this act of writing and putting onto the page this experience through language and images and metaphor and emotion, I'm now able to say to you the title of her poem and it opens up a whole world for you, right? So, you know, and when I'll say to you, if you then permit yourself to write down your piece in a poem, you know, we're nurturing ourselves along the way through space and time here with this writing, right? That's a part of it. It's like one of the pillars for me is like, you know, intentional text, right? Like I'm going to bring you intentional text and I know that it's going to work. I know um, that it's going to bring something up for you, the mm -hmm. specific, you know, the language, right? Um, it, it's one of our finest tools, right? <laughs> language is how we build and destroy societies. I don't want to go too much on that right now, especially today, but it's one of our finest tools. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then I, yes. Oh, sorry. sorry. When Chatsy and I are referring to today, today is the 3rd of November that we are actually recording that, which means that it is election day in the United States, uh, mm -hmm. which means that uh, there is so much vitriol, that there's so much poison from the two major camps being poured around. My yes. goodness. So therefore, we are both just sort of rolling our eyes and are shaking our heads here. And on that note, my heart goes out to, to all the Americans out there because it yeah. simply cannot be that it all boils down to Biden or Trump. And that's, yeah. but that's a completely different story. So therefore our references to that, to today, that is where that comes from. But it, yeah. here's a classic, here's a classic word. If you, here we are talking about the power of words and the power of writing things down. It is those words and the, the, the written words in the sense of the social media, etc., that completely manipulate us and, and form our opinions. So other mm. people are using their words uh, very carefully. That's why speechwriters and, and, and uh, the, the people who are uh, manipulating the media are so powerful. Right. I mean, that's just, if you look at the, the, the biggest Nazis, the most dangerous Nazis, 
Goebbels was one of them, and he was the information minister, and he really, he had a way with words. He knew about the, the power of the television. He knew all that. So he used the words, the writing, to his, uh, to, in order to, to facilitate his, what he thought he needed to do. And it, that, is, that is, we accept all that, but then when it comes to the most important bit, us, us healing us, getting better. We somehow don't use the written word. We somehow don't use even the spoken word. No, we are all keeping it inside and there it ferments and in a mixture of euphoria and pus and everything is sort of washing together. And no, bring it out into the open. A that's phrase the, that, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but a phrase that's commonly spoken is the personal is the political, not to make this a political thing, but maybe to make this about taking our language back. Okay, mm -hmm. taking our language back. Okay, taking our stories back. Um, so, you know, as an individual in the world, I may not realize through my writing that it's political, right? And just, you know, a woman living in New Jersey in America in this space and time, right? Who am I? But as I write of my experience, right? As I write of my traumas, what it is to be me, it's inherently political, right? So writing your story is giving life and light to what your truth is. And truth is something that I think we all really need right now. And we may not be able to find it out there right now. And it may be a while before we can find, I'm hoping mm. we can at some point, but I don't, I'm not sure it's going to happen yet. That's all I'm saying. Mm. While we can't find it out there because it's too confusing, it's too conflicting, you know, we're kind of trying to be against each other. Okay. And until we can unhinge that, or for many of us, mm. it's people don't feel safe being in the world right now. Mm. Okay. For so many reasons, right? So where can we find safety? Where can we find our voice? Where can we get clear in who we are, what our stories are, what we need, and our own language? So part of this too, there's so many parts to this, right? Like what is ready to heal? For me, I always knew inherently the power of language. And I was good with words. So even at a young age, I have to admit that words came easily for me. And then I know that for some people, they don't come easily, right? My husband is not a words guy. Okay, so when we come to communication, we are coming from very different spaces, right? So he's an image person, mm -hmm. right? So, but at a young age for me, I realized, oh, I have to be very careful with my words because it can be a tool or it can be a weapon because it's like this for me, right? And that's really something um, to kind of reckon with and acknowledge, like what are we doing for others with our words, right? And then when we look into the world, become aware of the fact of, what is language doing to us? What are we hearing? What's in our culture? What's being spoken? What are we accepting, right? And it become, you'll find that the phrases that you're hearing out there become a part of your language. It'll just come out of your mouth, right? You're like, oh, but it's something I heard out here. So take your language back. And as far as writing heal too, so we have our storytelling, right? We're reclaiming our myth, all the different tools to address and look at the things we have to, but also mining the way, minding and mining, the ways in which we speak to ourselves, right? So I have a whole series on self-care through writing, right? When you think about, if I were to say to you, or any of you, but you're here, so I say it to you, right? you know, is there one thing that you say to yourself? Maybe you don't anymore, 
But if I were to say, what's the one negative thing you say about yourself to yourself? Where to start? Exactly. <laughs> These voices are very strong in all of us. And you're an imposter. Who do you think you are to run a YouTube show? Do you, who do you think you are? You little stump up. Beauty. Oh. Okay, that's one voice. Yeah, that was a whole, that was like a whole paragraph. That was a whole litany you just did, right? Okay, so, but thank you for admitting and being open about that, right? So um, we all, we all have these things, right? And we just cycle them over and over and over again. And so something that I learned early on, because I'm so fascinated with language, you know, I had these ideas at a young age that like different words must hold different weight in us, right? And I, there's studies where some of that's coming true, right? Where you look at directing different languages and frequencies, right? So if you think about it this way, I went to some expo years ago um, and there was a guy speaking and this really changed things for me too. Oh, you know, you learn so many things that just keep refining you, right? So this was pivotal, was there was a guy talking and um, honestly, it was a spiritual expo and I just kind of thought some of it was weird. And now I'm realizing the more I do this, it's such a part of everything I do, right? That kind of knowing and energy and all the things. And the more I teach, the more I'm like, well, I can't really hide this anymore, right? Okay, like it's the same thing. So I'm kind of even here being a little open about it. I was trying to separate the two. There's no way it can be done. However, so I was walking around this, wellness spiritual expo not knowing what half the stuff was but there's a talk um being given so i sat sit in this room and this man says i like to give credit to everybody where i learned things from even though i don't know his name to let you know this is not mine but it's transformed my life and i use it as one of the tools very simple all this stuff is simple is that to quote him um when you say a negative thing about yourself you have three minutes to neutralize it and get rid of it with something positive before it takes on matter. And I was in my early 20s and that, that really blew my mind. Matter, okay, my phone is matter. These flowers are matter. It's a physical thing in the world. How is that possible? And at that moment I thought, do I need to look this up or can I just believe this? Can I just go with this? Because it felt true, right? So you have three minutes to neutralize it, he maybe didn't say neutralize, but to negate it, with the positive other before it takes on matter. And I sat there thinking, oh my God, how many negative things have I said about myself? And they weren't even mine. We can go into that in a minute. They weren't mine. Okay, release the things that are not yours. You do not need to carry them anymore. It's not helping you. It's not serving you. Let it go. And if I were to tell you mine, you'd have to bleep it out. <laughs> because it's not a good word. But I thought to myself, how many times have I said this phrase to myself? Just one, over and over and over again when things weren't going well, whatever, right? And I just kind of visualized the weight that it mm. put on me, the matter on my body, right? So yeah. A lot of these physiological things, you know, where you, you feel, how do I even say this? The metaphors in which we speak about our body and the way we feel is really how we're carrying our emotion, right? It's it's absolutely the same thing. I can tell you from experience and that is something we need to tap into, right? So thinking of the physical weight on your shoulders, you're carrying a physical weight on your shoulders. It's an emotional weight. How can we tap into that through language? If just the simple act of saying the thing and then saying the opposite other, 
neutralizes at once. But if you think, how many times have you said that little paragraph you said to yourself? That's exactly. You idiot. You donkey you and actually like 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 <laughs> you like you i need to i need to be a little bit more uh that was the, the pg version okay that i gave you now typically yeah. a, a bit stronger and more yeah. negative about myself because i'm the biggest critic of myself everything i do is oh my god and i'm really really good in playing the best of stefan three o'clock in the morning where I remember absolutely everything I've ever done wrong in the last 30, 40 years. And it all comes back. So it is beautiful to do. Um, and my brain is very good in that. But you actually, if that is the way your brain wants to behave, you need to learn how to use the words and actually negate that. And that is the powerful thing to do. I am happy and grateful that... You know, start the morning with that. I'm happy and grateful. And then for a minute, you say what you're actually happy and grateful for. And even if you can't think of anything, you think about something. And suddenly you think, actually, I'm happy and grateful that today I am in a warm place, that I know that there's food uh, waiting for me. There is no rocket coming down on me. There is no terrorist attack. And God forbid, I do not live in the United States. So I'm happy and grateful that there are so many things are actually speaking in my favor. Um, so by just actually putting that out there into the universe, I'm happy and grateful. This gratitude that you hear again and again and again from, from all mindful uh, or mindfulness coaches from everyone out there who is doing self-development work it's the gratitude it's the positive thing to actually spell things out that are positive to counterbalance the negative that naturally flows in us that is such an important bit and that's where you your, your system comes in so, so yeah so that's part of it so like i like to begin people with self-care i mean unless you really need to go straight into the trauma room like at the at the retreat we went right in Okay, but I balanced it with how to use writing and self-care, mm. right? So you begin to neutralize. And then if you're in practice, you start shifting the way you think. I don't say the thing I used to say to myself, which was something my mother used to say to me. Okay, it's gone. I don't say it. And it took practice and practice and practice. What you find, right? So let's say with the affirmations. So, and I'm not the only one teaching this. I'm just, and anything I teach, know that I've done. I mean, I've done it. And this is the easy stuff. <laughs> we're not even talking about trauma right now. This is the basic, take care of yourself, get yourself to a, a, a space of learning to take care of yourself and knowing that that's okay and taking your language back. So if you start with the negative thing, um, was it your donkey? That's too funny. What was it? <laughs> donkey, yes. That, that's, that's how I call myself in the best times. So what was the phrase? Just say the phrase. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, which one now? <laughs> Right, that exactly. one that you the imposter syndrome. That's typically who am I to write a book? Who am I to do uh, to host the YouTube channel? Mm -hmm. So pause there. So instead of so what I and I'm going to move you through this so that if all anybody sees is this and never sees me again, you can just do this right now. Okay, everybody listening or watching or whatever it is, call up the phrase. Okay, I'm going to tell you, and then we're going to walk through it. So call up the phrase, which is. I'm at first get still in your body. Okay. And just become aware of how your body feels right now. Just tune in. Like you can just do a little scan. 
And then say your phrase out loud. Who do you think you are to run a YouTube channel? Yeah. Okay, no pause. Now, how'd your body feel when you said that? Angry. I immediately got angry, despite the fact that I was not angry before. Uh, I, I felt hurt and angry. Yeah, and then your face showed that too, right? Because our face, you know, it's our mirror, right? Mm -hmm. So now we don't. We have three minutes, right? That's what I said. So let's let's neutralize it. Okay. So what is the opposite of that? Can you come up with a? And I'll help you if you need to. But what's the opposite of that? To neutralize it. I have gone through so much shit in my life. I want to make it meaningful. And I want to teach others through my YouTube channel that there is hope out there, uh, that mm -hmm. you can go through trauma and no one likes trauma, but you can come out the other way, the other side and in a, in a far better way. And that's what my channel is all about, uh, mm -hmm. to give hope and to give, to, to be a, beacon of light for others out there. Mm -hmm. Okay, when you say that, how do you feel? You're doing big phrases, how does that feel? Positive, positive, and it was actually, there's actually with every word I was saying, it was like, like I wanted to, to raise myself a bit up there, yeah. Okay, that's exactly it. So, one, when we're saying the negative, if we become aware of our body, when we're saying the negative thing, we'll find there's what I call a downing effect. Hmm. And starts going like all the cells in our body start dragging and going downward, right? Okay, and we can feel it our face, our body, right? And then when we say the opposite, and what you did was you kept going, you kept right, you kept building it up, right? Because what you said before was really that was really packed, by the way. Was, there's, there's a lot behind that. Is what I'm going to say. So, which is fine. So now, when you start saying, so for for that, what I'm going to say is. I feel like it was good that you built a lot of supportive language for your neutralizing positive statement, right? Do you see it? Your first thing, your negative thing was like this. And when I was like, okay, the opposite other positive, you built and built and built and built the language hmm. to, to start neutralizing it and then getting rid of that. Does that make sense? Perfect. When we say, and you just did this, right? And you just confirmed it. When you say the positive thing, it starts from the bottom up. It starts lifting all our energy, our spirit, ourselves, right? Our, we have to remember our bodies in this. And it starts lifting and lifting ourselves up. Okay. So what I'd say is we have a lot of work to do because we're not taught this. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. You're so, so right. You're so right. That's one thing. That's one thing that you say to yourself. And then how many times have you said it? How much neutralizing and shifting, right? In my mind, it's like, yeah. how many times have I said this without cursing? Mine is, you are a deep up. Got it? Got it? Put the, you figured it out, right? Okay. That's what I would be told. Any number of things I've been doing, you're such a deep up. Mm. It's kind of, I'm not trying to be funny, but it sounds funny. You're like the donkey bridge. Mm. <laughs> so, that was said to me, and then I claimed it as my own. It wasn't mine, and I kept saying it. So for me, I'm just like you, right? Where do these things come from? Okay, we can start getting rid of them. Um, 
And then I thought, well, how many times do I have to neutralize this? This is one time. How many times have I said this? I have to just keep shifting the language, shifting the language, giving myself permission, forgiving myself, giving myself compassion and getting it out of here. What you can do is, this is simple stuff. I'm just like, this is simple stuff. Is um, you could start with that, right? And every time you say, if you just did this one thing, if you took one phrase, that phrase or anyone listening, you become aware of it, you neutralize it, you make it the positive thing. And every time you say this to yourself, you neutralize and get rid of it. You're doing, <laughs> you're doing tremendous work for yourself. Absolutely. That's it. You just keep doing it. Now, if you want to have a fun time with this, right? And I teach this in one of my upcoming programs, but you know, and it's more in depth and extensive and clear negative belief, big program. Um, but the simple way would be, um, the basic affirmation practice. But what I found is if you wake up crappy, I can say crappy, right? Yeah. Um, it's a good one. So if you wake up and you're funky and you feel crappy or you wake up in America, I'm kidding. I'm making funny. Um, but you know, you're in the muck of it. <laughs> what can you do? Right. Start writing the affirmations and you could start with that one. You'll find, and I've done this because I like to test everything out. Like I find all this very, I've been through a lot of very tremendously hard things in my life and uh, and my own trauma. And there's always this part of me that's so fast. It's horrible, but there's a part of me that's so fascinated by what I'm learning. So I'm like, let's try this. Let's see what happens. That's kind of a part of everything in my program I've done. And I'm like, and I've taken notes on what I've done. So one thing that I did years ago when I was trying to learn self-compassion, which let me tell you, you think you're compassionate towards others and you may be, and then you realize you have no idea what compassion is until you try being compassionate towards yourself. And you're like, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. I didn't know what it meant. That was just a theory. I'm just so put into practice. So I started affirmations, right? The positive thing. And people teach this. People teach this as spiritual practice. People teach this as manifesting, right? I'm teaching this as taking your language back. If you want to believe that you're drawing things into your life because of it, believe it because that's fine. Whatever purpose it serves for you, because eventually you're going to start taking action. If you do this long enough and you are calling it in. So whether it's energetic, spiritual, or physically doing a thing, it's going to happen. I mean, how do you think I wrote this program? Do you think that when I started writing this, I thought I'd be doing podcasts <laughs> and teaching this? Who am I to write this? Who am I to do this? What am I doing? Who's going to, it works. And here I am. Okay. So, (laughs) so what you can do is you start writing the thing. And what I do or did and still do is let whatever I need to write come out. And I'm writing it as though it is, Mm -hmm. as though it's actually happening in my life. Okay. And then for me, it's not so much material things. I think I've been on a journey of like emotional, spiritual. So even like I'm love, I'm grace, I'm wisdom, right? I'm building a healing writing program. Well, that I definitely wrote, right? I'm just giving you examples, right? Like, uh, I'm- absolutely. But that is that is so important. That is basically the power that you are giving to, to your clients, to the people who actually are struggling with, with external locus of control. In other words, everything happens to them and mm-hmm. it can be a very powerless and, and helpless kind of scenario. 
yet right. by taking back your language, by writing simple things down and then working with it in such a powerful way. No, so right. well done, oh, well done, Chelsea. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, therefore, I was so delighted to bring you on because you have taken your own journey, your own transformation, have looked at how writing has helped you, put that into a system, and are now teaching it to others, which is the, is the beautiful way of giving back to the universe uh, the, the, the lessons that you have learned, but now in a systematic approach rather than the, the, the bit by bit by bit that we all have done in our recovery so you're yeah. you're you're fast tracking now others uh through the same journey that you had to do the hard way you you you're the, the trailblazer so to speak you're actually cutting through the jungle and you have made your path and now you show others hey here's the path come on come along come for a ride yeah, yeah. this one yeah just that's a great way of putting it together that that's yeah. And this, this is so important. So, Chelsea, uh, for you, in a moment, I will, I will ask you how we can actually get to you and, and how can people work with you. Um, I want to put a quick word in for myself. Um, I've got uh, my book out, My Steps to Sobriety, Amazon bestseller. But what we do in uh, this week, so probably by the time this interview is actually airing, uh, my workbook will be published uh, for that. And it's basically something that helps you to work through the 12 steps where there are so many exercises in there. And many of them are... are uh, very revealing and these are exercises that either I have done myself in in rehab or in my recovery or later on as part of the research for my books uh, have come across where I thought ah that's really an eye-opener so to speak and so my book is coming out uh, this week so look out for the workbook that accompanies my steps to sobriety uh, but coming back to you, Chelsea, you have got your own system out there. Tell us, uh, how can we get hold of you? What can what can viewers and listeners do to say, hmm, I want to work with Chelsea? How do they go about that? Oh, yes. Well, first of all, congratulations on your, your workbook and book. That's tremendous. Cool. Thank and you. I, and I, I feel like I understand your ethos and process because, yes, for me, it was, this is the thing I'm doing. Let me take the notes. This is interesting. This is working. Let me bring it to somebody else, mm. you know? cutting through that kind of red tape of the of saying, let me just show you because I've been there. I've done that. I've moved, moved through it. So um, I honor your process because <laughs> I understand it. <laughs> I get it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, so how do people get hold of you? I'm so do sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, I'm going to speak towards future here because I, I guess this is going on for posterity. Um, is I do have a website, which is um, www.therightjourneyworkshop.com. And when you go there, you see different things. I'm kind of rebuilding it. So um, what you'll see is that you can work with me one-on-one, -on -one, which I can do, right? We can set that up immediately if you want to talk about where your focus is and what you want to work on. I can bring, we can create something organically or we can go through the programs together. So I have a program called The Right to Self, and I have another one called The Metaphor of Trauma, depending on where you want to start. Um, so that can be done immediately. I'm also in the works of, you know, trans, trans, shifting this to the virtual world is where I'm at, right? Because I was teaching in the world and it shut down. So now I'm learning this space. So in the works of um, 
a larger program, which is, which is um, tentatively called the Rewrite Yourself Talk Prescription, which takes many of these things and puts them into a larger, bigger program and teaches you why and gives you the neuroscience and lets you know what's happening in your body. I like to know what's happening in my body. I'm so aware of it that I you know, like to do the science part of it. So that'll be coming up. So you can connect with me on that. And then giving you the behind the scenes of what's in the works right now is, um, yeah. So it's come to pass. Like for me, the right journey is an app name because it really is my own journey of being like, where, how are we doing this? What are we doing? How's this evolving? So it seems to come to pass that I'm creating a membership program, right? So you could do self-paced learning if you, if you're, maybe don't want to work with me, which is fine, but you have all the different mm-hmm. prompts and, and um, courses that you can do. And then there's a Facebook group, which is very humble right now. <laughs> very awesome. humble. Um, which I, I think I'm gonna, um, you know, I'm learning all the things. So I think I'll be doing, uh, I, they suggest a Facebook live every week. So Somewhere in the near future, I'll, I'll go in there and kind of talk about laughing. <laughs> I know that's beautiful. No, no, no. It's, it's we are actually uh, exactly at the same journey, at the same same <laughs> step in our path with regards to right. moving out of our shell and and right. wanting and realizing that we have got a voice just as much as every single listener, every single viewer here, you guys have got a voice out there and yeah. you, you, you will come to the point when in your recovery, in your healing, that you come to a point that you actually are more or less content with where you are uh, because you have dealt with a lot of demons and now you suddenly come to a point where actually you got your shit together. Your ducks are in a row and your behavior has changed and other people look around and say who are you you have yeah. a new version what did you do and sort of and it starts from there and you give a little bit of advice here a little bit of advice there then suddenly you think you might write a book actually and then you think hmm you might actually go on to on to virtual here and and why not actually be a guest on a podcast and then you think well actually why not hold a podcast that actually, you know, it, it's that's how it goes. That's yeah. an ongoing recovery, and that's that's the same place where where Chelsea and I are, and we are just a little bit ahead of you guys. The sheer fact that you're listening to us today means that you are ready to change, that you are ready to take this life and turn it around in such a way that it gives you, that it makes sense to you, that there is meaning to you, regardless what has occurred to you, regardless about the decisions that you made or not made in the past and you're regretting it. Uh, it's, it's, you're coming to terms with all that. Past is past and, and right now is right now. And why not, why not harness the power of words and using writing as one technique of self-development, of learning how to love yourself? And that's that's what today is all about. So, uh, Chelsea, thank you so much for coming onto my show because your 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 movement that you want to create and your your little bubble that you're stretching out and offer others to come in uh, that's a very exciting and beautiful thing. And it just shows you can achieve so much. And don't let no be the answer. And don't oh. let anything be the answer that 
someone else tells you, please, unless this someone else says, you can do it, come on, girl, um, then listen. Um, but the kind of, what you, what, you want to write a book? That kind of rubbish? Forget it, forget it, forget it. That's, that's a negative thing. So now, now find ways, find reasons why you want to write this book. What could it be for you? And a lot of people right now maybe see their mortality and their vulnerability with COVID, with civil unrest, with, with a lot of other things happening in this world. Uh, the world is no longer so clear for us. There is no longer the situation where you work 50 years in a, in a place and then you get a golden watch and you go have a pension. It does no longer work like that. So therefore it might be now exactly the right time to start writing your journey down, working through the journey and then coming out down the line, the improved version because you've dealt with some of the, the trauma from the past. You come to terms with some of the things of the past. So this can be a powerful, powerful journey. So if you guys are interested to work with Chelsea, I'll put all the links down there into the description of the video and of the podcast. And Chelsea, to you, thank you so much again for sharing your passion, sharing your words, sharing your, the way how, how writing has, has changed you and how you are now incorporating it to help others to heal themselves. That's a very powerful thing. I, I, cause I, I love what you're saying. So I just want to throw a, a, a prompt out there before I go. It's like, we're never going to end. Is when we're talking about, you know, where people may be, when they're watching this on their journey of healing and judgments may, they may have against themselves or not realizing where they may all may be going. Like we're all, except that we're all on a journey, right? Would be one thing to say. And you're learning what you need to be learning. And learning and healing is hard. <laughs> it's just tough stuff. It's not, it's not pretty stuff, right? Like, you know, we have pretty flowers here and, you know, I put my name on today. It's hard work. It's grit. Okay. So honor where you're at right now and know that you're on your way towards something and it's not always going to be pretty. And you may be afraid and you may be afraid of what's over here. And maybe you want to do, listen to Stefan right now, even saying his negative thing about being afraid of the podcast, right? And look at how he undid that. But he's doing the thing, right? You're doing, and I'm doing the thing. Um, and at this point, it feels like this is, this is the thing. There's nothing else. This is the thing. <laughs> All come to pass, but this is the thing. There's no way I'm going back. And that happens for me too. It's like I go so far and I go, there's no going back now. There's no going back now, but a prompt I will give you no matter where you are and a repeatable prompt you can do over and over again and a powerful prompt and simple as always, it's simple. You just need to give yourself permission is write a letter to fear. Yeah. Write a letter to fear, okay? Address it, acknowledge it. If you want, you can even thank it, right? Because again, everything's serving a purpose. So your fear might've been protecting you. Anything that you are have been might've been protecting you from something. I gotta tell you, so forgive yourself, okay? Life is not easy. So write that letter to fear, acknowledge it, 
put it on that page. I hate, I hate giving part two of this because I feel like it spoils it, but I'll give you part two. Put it all down on the page. Say all the things you have to say. And then when you're done, take a breath. You'll be surprised at what you have to say. And if you have to cry, please cry. Crying is everything. I've been in spaces where I could not cry. Cry if you can. Men, cry. <laughs> I have to say this, okay? It's okay. Clear it out. Then when you're done, get another piece of paper. And then I want you to write as fear, writing back to you. And see what fear has to say. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Chancy, thank you so much for your wonderful, wonderful insights. Uh, I'm, I, it was an honor to have you on my show. And it is wonderful. So guys, uh, if that rang a bell, get in touch with Chelsea, check her out, maybe join the Facebook group. Uh, you, you don't have to do everything right now, but maybe if, she, if it rang a bell, well, why not stay in touch and, and um, take it from there? Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and watching. Look after yourself. Bye.